0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are Team Europe dominates on home soil. The battle for the World Series trophy begins. The Milwaukee Bucks made a huge splash in the offseason. Am I heading to Portland? No, wait, I'm heading to Boston. A week of tight games, recapping week five's biggest games. The Red River rivalry takes place this week predicting who will win week six major games in college football realm. With that, I give you our assistant chief for our Fire Brigade, Colton Cowell.
1: Thanks, Matt. We're here again on a Thursday night. Um, somewhat rainy and cloudy, gloomy day here in Delaware, Ohio. But we're here to brighten your day with with a little bit of sports news. A lot of kind of a mixed bag, bag of topics. But uh, before we jump into kind of new news, we're going to recap what was the Ryder Cup this past weekend. Uh, where we saw uh, Team Team Europe dominate on their, like I said, uh, home soil. Uh, it, it seemed like Team USA, Team U.S. took a little too long to get get going in mm-hmm. this one uh, before you knew it. Uh, after kind of the first day, first couple of days, it was, you know, Team Europe looked like they had this thing in hand after the first, almost the first day almost. Um, and, and, yeah, Team USA really, you know, waited too long to really, figure it out and waited until kind of the last day to make kind of a late, a late push, but ultimately, you know, fell, fell short. Uh, Matt, what's your thoughts on
0: this? Well, I mean, like you said, it was really the first day that cost team USA. They came out and, and lost, uh, lost that first day, uh, I believe by a score of six and a half to one and a half. Mm -hmm. That was a a five point margin, which is actually what this thing ended up being Saturday's pairings were pretty even. Mm -hmm. We, we ended up uh, both teams winning four of those matchups. Yeah. Um, And then on Sunday, their head-to-heads were actually split pretty evenly, too. Uh, You had five wins for each side, and then you had one tie apiece. So, I mean, really, this this was even golf, Mm -hmm. you know, for the whole weekend. But but that first day, man, USA came out and kind of laid an egg, and it cost them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, I think it was the difference in this one was – Kind of the the superstars for Team Europe really excelled, while the you know what who you thought would be the superstars for for Team USA really really did not play very well. Um, you know, the the trio between Victor Hovland, Rory McElroy, and John Rahm for for Team Europe, they uh, they went nine two and three over the over the weekend uh, and, and got Team Europe ten and a half of their sixteen and a half points. Yeah, so, impressive. you know, you look at that, and then the flip side, you know, between uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, you got you know Scotty Scheffler, you got Jordan Spieth, you got Colin Morikawa. I mean, guys that have you know combined to win to win six major championships. They only won a single match between those three guys. Um, you know, and it, it, it's kind of kind of interesting. Um, you know, the the captains or you know the the selections that the captain for the U.S. made their record over the weekend was four twelve and four. So you know just. Not a good, you know, not a good weekend, not a good day. You know, obviously, the the guys that I think that the captain picked from Team USA, I think he picked the right guys. It just, you know, again, it it, it matters of what can you do over a three day span, and right. you know, Team USA just couldn't put it couldn't put it together over those three days. Europe, you know, found a way to win. Was was hot in the beginning, and you know, just was able to coast the rest of the coast the rest of the way. Um, but you know, this is now team USA's seventh straight defeat outside of the U S yeah. you know, we talked about it on last week's show have not won on European soil since 1993. So, you know, but at the same time, you know, revenge was definitely on team Europe's mind. Uh, this is obviously a team Europe team that two years ago got beat 19 to nine, yeah. you know, in, in the, you know, in, in 2021's you know, version of, of the Ryder cup. So, you know, they, they definitely had that, you know, in the back of their minds. Um, You know, it was, was interesting. It got kind of, kind of heated. You know, there was some, some back and forth and, um, you know, kind of, kind of some, you know, banter going between, you know, team USA, team Europe. So there was definitely some, some competition. Guys Mm -hmm. were definitely engaged in this, Uh, you know, and and again, it's what you would call a friendly or should be a friendly competition because, nothing really is is gained by winning it's more of just you know bragging rights there's no money that's exchanged there's no you know you get you get a trophy and you get the you know the claim to say hey we beat team usa Mm -hmm. or we beat team europe type deal uh so more for more for pride in, in that case but you know that was still good enough for these guys to you know go go back and forth and play some play some competitive golf that's for sure um you know obviously an event that's held every every two years so Team USA is going to have to wait, you know, a couple of years before they, you know, get the chance to possibly get their revenge. Uh, obviously, we'll be back on U.S. soil the next time, um, you know, going to be at uh, in in New York uh, at Bethpage Black, uh, hmm. the Black, Bethpage Black course. Um, so we will see what what the U.S. can do. Obviously going to have to wait you know, wait some time before we get get their chance to get some redemption here. But uh, that's tough having to wait two years to to get back to mm -hmm. back into the action. Right. Right. But, uh, you know, obviously gives gives time for Team USA to figure out what the what the best combo is, you know, possibly switch things up and, you know, see how they can take down, you know, take down Team Europe's, you know, top top guys, Mm because, you know, the. The good thing, or maybe not so good thing, uh, is that you know Team Europe's team's pretty pretty young in that mm-hmm. sense. That you know they got some guys that are probably a lot of the same guys you saw now are probably a lot of the same guys that are going to be on that years, team you know next year. So, uh, and it's kind of the same for Team Team USA. Not a lot of you know older veterans or whatever. Some guys that are obviously good and have been on the tour for for quite a while, but some some young guys. So it's uh yeah definitely going to be interesting to see this Team USA Team Europe battle for. Several editions here because, uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of the guys on the team are, are pretty young and uh, going to get the chance to play in several Ryder Cups. So it, uh, we'll see if if some of that bad blood spills over into the you know the next the next two years. So you know, it
0: makes it exciting when somebody's not winning all of them. So. Right,
1: right, yeah, absolutely. The back and forth, you know, makes it makes it makes it good. So we'll see uh, what what they can do. Uh, see if Team Europe can. Take a take a second one and beat beat the U.S. on their own home you know home turf or if uh, Team USA gets some get some revenge. So, all right, well, moving from the the green grass to so a little bit more greener grass with a little bit of dirt rubbed in there, <laughs> um, the MLB playoffs. Uh, we got things kicked off on Tuesday, the wild card series for both of the uh, you know AL the American League and the National League. Didn't last long. Yeah, we're already, uh, through it, uh, clean sweeps for every team that won in the wild card series, uh, was a best of best of three series, uh, every team that, that advanced won two to nothing. Yeah. Um, you know, so we'll start over in the American league. Uh, you know, the Minnesota twins were the three seeded uh, Minnesota twins were taking on the number six seeded Toronto blue Jays. Um, you know, a, a, a team that the blue Jays actually had a better record than the twins, but, uh. Twins obviously won their division. That's why they're ranked higher or you know seated higher. But uh, didn't matter. Twins took care of business. Two nothing. Won both games. Uh, you know, game one three to one. Game two two to nothing. So, you know, for a Toronto team that you know has some bats or has some guys that can really you know put up some big numbers only one run in the two in the two games the twins really really locked them down in that in that series uh Matt, any, any thoughts on that in that series yeah you know it, it
0: seemed like the pitchers really showed up for the for the twins there and uh, i think they had that big uh acquisition they uh, or midway through the season mm-hmm. from the yankees getting Night. that pitcher from there he yeah. pitched well for them in this series mm-hmm. and you know that's that the one thing that's going to put all these wild card teams at a disadvantage in this next mm-hmm. round though they they all through probably their one and two pitchers. Mm-hmm. So now, now they're going to this next round. They're be starting their number three against, right. you know, the potentially number one. It, right. It's really tough to set that rotation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Right.
1: At least the nice thing is, so, you know, for all of these, you know, division series, both American League, National League, they don't get kicked off till Saturday. So they do have a couple of days right. in between. So there is, I mean, I, I'm I'm guessing there's probably going to be at least one of the teams that, throw out their, throw out their ace, right. you know, to, a short rest, you know, but... cause the next, next series of, so like I said, this, this wild card series was, was best of best of three. The next series is best of five. So you do get a little bit more, you know, opportunities potentially, but uh, you know, still one game can be, can be the difference. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the twins just, you know, were able to lock down the bats for, for the blue Jays. So blue Jays, you know, had a, had a great season, but unfortunately, you know, came up short when it, when it mattered in this wild card. Um, then the other wild card series, another uh, AL East team, the Tampa Bay Rays, who were knocking on the door of winning a hundred games in the regular season and were one of the hottest teams to start the season, uh, saw their playoff chances or saw their playoff lives get eliminated real quick by the Texas Rangers. Um, Rangers, like I said, swept it two nothing. Game one blanked the Rays four to nothing. Game two almost the same. Beat them seven seven to one. Um, so. Very similar to that Twins, Blue Jays, uh, the Rays just couldn't get the bats, couldn't get the bats going. The the, the Rangers uh, pitching staff and, you know, their offense of their own, which, you know, coming into this world or coming into the playoffs, I mean, the Rangers have one of the better offenses, have a lot of big bats, a lot of big hitters. They got that offense rolling. The pitchers were were on their game. The Rays just you know couldn't couldn't put it together. The uh, Rangers take it and move on, move on in the playoffs. Uh, Matt, any thoughts on that? Yeah, you know,
0: like an- another team with the, some off season additions, you know, or in, in the in half season trade deadline. Right, so right. you know, I you know, I, I think having that veteran leadership of some of those guys that came over mm-hmm. probably really helped Texas here. Right. Right. Um, you know, but what what a disappointment for Tampa Bay. Right. right. Started off season thirteen and zero. Right. Right. Ran out to you know a great start mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. just kind of dwindled down down the stretch right. here and you know even more disappointing to me were, were the crowds in tampa bay oh, for yeah. this series mm-hmm. i mean that park was half empty it oh, only yeah. holds nineteen thousand fans yeah. not looking good for tampa mm-hmm. bay nah. as far as keeping a franchise around if, well, if you can't get any yeah, more than that to it, come for a playoff it'll franchise. be
1: interesting because i think that they i don't know they may or may not have just approved to build a new stadium so it will be uh, be interesting to see yeah if that if that's the difference i mean that the stadium is neat the fact that it's you know indoors and you know whatever uh, you know got the advantage got to take the advantage to see it once um you know but it is just kind of kind of different kind of weird layout and you know whatever and it's it's an old stadium uh, older i won't say it's the oldest but an older stadium so they're probably due for a new stadium but yeah it will be interesting with yeah their record lows at, at, you know in attendance that they're building a new stadium, you know, based on, based on that metric, but maybe they build a new stadium and more people show up. I don't know. We'll, we'll see, but yeah, definitely.
0: If you build it, he will come. Right, (laughs) right.
1: right. Yeah. Definitely a, uh, you know, disappointing season for this Tampa Bay team that like I said was knocking on the door of, of, you know, uh, winning a hundred games, but uh, you know, fell, fell short on that mark and fell short in the playoffs. Just, I think the I think for them the injuries just finally started to to pile up. I mean they're starting pitching it seemed like their pitching staff was completely decimated by by injuries and they, you know, kind of were able to somewhat limp it along but eventually it just, you know, caught up to them and you know, just weren't weren't able to, you know, put it put it together for for two games here in the wild card. So all right, well, we'll stick then with the American League. We'll, we'll preview here the, the divisional series rounds. So the number one-seeded Baltimore Orioles, who got a first-round bye, going to be taking on the five-seeded Texas Rangers. Uh, both these teams, they played six times in the regular season, tied three to three in the regular season. So like I mentioned, game one going to get kicked off on Saturday. Um you know, Matt, what's your what's your thoughts on this series? Who do you who do you, who do you like, or what, what's your keys to victory?
0: You know, like, like you said, you know, they split 3-3 in the regular season. but That was a, a little different Texas team, even that they played then. They, right. Like I said, they made a, a ton of changes at, at, at the uh, mid trade deadline right. there. So, you know, like I said, I think Texan did, Texas brought in some veteran leadership. That I, I think you get this far in the playoffs. They've got some guys that have been there, done that. Right. I, I think that's going to help here, where Baltimore – yeah, they haven't been here in a long time. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you know, I I think that that's, that's going to be a hindrance. These are both very good teams. Like right. we saw, they split in the regular season. Right. I think Texas has the slight edge here yeah. to to advance past this and play for the ALCS.
1: Yeah, yeah, it'll be uh be interesting. Obviously, Baltimore, who did win 100 games, 101 to be exact. Uh, you know, this is an Orioles teams that two years ago lost 110 games in Ouch. one season. So what a miraculous turnaround in just two short you know two seasons they you know go from losing 110 games to winning 101 games it that, that's a heck of a turnaround but they've done it with you know draft picks and young guys and you know whatever we'll see if that youth helps them or hurts them in you know in the playoffs obviously haven't been in these playoffs or haven't had a lot of playoff experience a lot of guys on this team don't have you know a ton of playoff experience we'll see how that how that plays out uh, you know, a Texas Rangers team that, you know, loves to hit the ball and hit the ball out of the park and mm-hmm. can, you know, put up big numbers quickly. But, you know, one thing that will be interesting or you know, maybe a key for the Orioles if they want to, you know, win this series, I think they got to win those, you know, first couple of games or win at home. Uh, because if you look at the stats for Texas, they've hit 53 more home runs at their home stadium. So they definitely have the, have the, you know, have the advantage when they're playing at home. So if the Orioles can, you know, get jump on it early, you definitely don't want to have to go back to, you know, back to Texas down, you know, down in the series, because they obviously can hit, they, they know the sweet spots, know where to go, you know, in their own home park. And yeah, like I said, this, this, uh, you know, Texas Rangers team, you talk about offense, they lead the American league in batting average home runs walks on base percentage and slugging percentage. So definitely a team that can, you know, take, takes care and, you know, can put up runs in a hurry. So definitely the Orioles going to have to get on this, get on this quick, you know, get their starting pitching out there, get, you know, get, get this Texas Rangers team down early. Uh, because if not, I mean, they can turn around with one swing in the bat. So sure. definitely going to be, going to be interesting to see, um, you know, but the Rangers by no means are a perfect team themselves. Uh, you know, they actually of any of the playoff teams of all the playoff teams that remain, they actually have the worst bullpen ERA, so their starting pitching. They may have to, have, you know, rely on their starting pitching to go deeper go innings. Yeah, or, yeah, deeper innings. In um, if not, you know, if they get in trouble early, it, it may not get any better by going to their bullpen. Um, so definitely, Orioles have to get on them early on in the series, win win games early on in the series, but also jump on the Texas Rangers early on in the game. Get their starting pitching, you know, out of the out of the game. Make Texas rely on that bullpen that has been has been shaky here in the season, you know, towards the end of the season. And and you know, I think that's the you know blueprint for this Orioles team to, so, to advance. Yeah, right.
0: really. The Orioles then at the plate, just, they're gonna have to be patient. They're mm-hmm. gonna have to take yeah. take some strikes, yeah, take yeah. some balls. Yeah, you yeah. know, make make the pitcher go deep in the count, and right. you know, he won't last as long. Right, so, right. I got that'd be their their best best strategy to go to, yeah. to get past this Texas team.
1: Absolutely. Um, well, then. The next series in the in the division series for the American League, the uh, defending uh, World Series champion, the Houston Astros, uh, coming in off the season winning ninety games, taking on the three seeded Minnesota Twins. Um, but the Twins in the regular season took this series four to two. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, game one kicking off on on uh, you know on Saturday. Uh, Matt, what's your what's your thoughts on this series? You, who do you who do you like in this one?
0: Yeah, you know, I, I got to go with Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, they're another team who made some trades at the mm-hmm. deadline, mm-hmm. brought in some pitching right. to really help this team out. Yeah, you know, veteran pitching, a guy mm-hmm. like Justin Verlander right. who's been around it forever. Yeah, yeah. so you know, you, you can't, you just, you can't beat that experience. Mm-hmm. Minnesota, on the other hand, this is their first playoff uh, series win since what did I read, twenty one, yeah, twenty one years ago. Yeah. The first
1: time they've won so, a world or not a World Series, but a a playoff, a playoff series. series
0: yeah. So. So you know, they're playing with house money at this point. Yeah, I, I, I think the fans are happy yeah, right. that they moved on, but they're also one of the worst teams of, of all the teams in the in the right. playoffs. Right. Period. Right. You know, they, they had a record of eighty seven seventy five and just got in by default because right. the rest of that division <laughs> not good didn't didn't right. play great. Right. So, you know, I, I think. I think they'll be playing free and loose because, mm-hmm. like I said, they are playing with house money. But right. I, just, I think Houston has too much experience.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think this will be be an interesting series. I mean, if you look at the pitching, uh, you know, that that the Twins from a pitching standpoint, I mean, they got some strikeout gurus, some guys that can really work the strike zone and and can put up the numbers as far as the K's go. Uh, so that's you know going to be going to be interesting if they can get some of these Astros batters, you know, get them, get them to strike out, get them to swing at some balls that, you know, they shouldn't be swinging at type thing. Uh, I think they're definitely going to have to do that. I think for this twins team to win this series, they're going to have to keep it low scoring like they did in their first series against the blue Jays. The twins are not built to win High scoring game. They don't have the offensive firepower that I think this Houston Astros team does. Uh, so yeah, for the Twins to have any hope to pull off an upset here, keep it low scoring, rely on that starting pitching a lot. Uh, you know, frustrate these Houston Astros batters. But you know, if if not, this this will be a quick series for for the Twins. Uh, you know, I, I just think there's too much too much experience, too much firepower on that on that uh, you know side for for the Houston Astros. I, I like the Astros to win this, you know, continue to defend their, you know, World Series title. But I think it's going to be going to be a close, close, you know, contested series. So, mm-hmm.
0: so if we go my prediction, we, we, we got a Subway series here, Houston and Texas. Right. Right playing, right. playing for the ALCS. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you picked Baltimore there. The yeah. I
1: kind of like Baltimore, like, you know, kind of like the underdog. Yeah. You know, I, I I like the fact that, yeah, Baltimore, it's, it's a new team. Hasn't been here. You know, somebody new you know just a kind of a feel-good story yeah. like I said you know coming off a couple seasons ago of losing 110 games and now not only you know uh you know the best one of the best teams you know almost one of the best teams in baseball um, that that kind of tur- turnaround but yeah I'd like to see Baltimore win win this series um but you know I you know I guess I wouldn't be disappointed if Texas <laughs> won either um, but uh yeah it's... For me, yeah, uh, if if Baltimore is going up against Houston, I think this is where Baltimore probably ducks out at this uh, one. I think that, again, that playoff experience will will come into play. Houston gets a series under their feet, gets gets their feet wet. Uh, I think, yeah, that's where that's where Baltimore ducks out right. in this one. Yeah. All right, well then, moving over to the uh, <clears throat> National League, then uh, wild card series again, two sweeps, but. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers, the three seeded team, uh came in with 92 wins, taking on an Arizona Diamondbacks team that about like the Twins had, you know, eighty, about eighty some games a win, but uh able to sweep the Brewers. Uh six to three in game one and five to two in the in the second game. Uh, you know, I, I think this comes down to, you know, the Diamondbacks played in a competitive division. I mean, this yeah. is a division that has the Dodgers in it is a, a division that has the Giants, the Padres, all teams that were competing for playoff spots. I mean obviously the Dodgers are in the playoffs as well, but you know this is Diamondbacks team that that you know went through the ringer through the through the regular season because of, you know, who they have to match up against in in their own division. Um and they they were able to take care of business against the against the Brewers. Matt what what do you think?
0: Yeah, I was kind of actually surprised by this series a little bit though yeah. cuz Arizona really kind of limped limp yeah. home in this deal yeah, cuz that you know, they were one of the higher wild card seeds and, right. and gave it all back mm-hmm. and ended up being the last team to get in right. and only by a game mm-hmm. over the also-floundering Chicago Cubs who blew it. Right. So, I mean, they, they weren't running away with things. Right. So I, I was really surprised on how they turned this thing around mm-hmm. and were able to flip the switch when right. it came playoff time. And, Especially on, and the on, the yeah, on, on the road. On the road, Yeah,
1: On the road. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see there. Uh, then the... Philadelphia Phillies, you know, World Series runner ups from last year, going to keep their playoff hopes alive, took down the the number five seeded Miami Marlins, uh, swept them two to nothing. Uh, Game one, four to one, game two, seven to one. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Phillies were never really out of it or, you know, were always somewhat in control. Marlins never could get the, could get the bats going. Uh, You know, Matt, any, any thoughts on that series? Well,
0: I'll say, you know, the, the Phillies are kind of my, my rooting interest at this point. Okay. be Just for one simple guy there, Kyle Schwarber, mm. an Ohio native. Yeah. Loved watching him on the Cubs. And mm. I, I just like the way he plays. I like watching for the Phillies too. So yeah. glad to see them advance, but. <laughs> they're they're going to, up against a juggernaut in Atlanta this yeah. next series. I think it's probably where they're going to duck out, but yeah. you know, they surprised us all last year. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Could they, could they do it again? Right. Could they, could they Cinderella story continue here? Um, so yeah, like Matt mentioned the, the division series, then in the national league got the number one seeded Atlanta Braves, not only in the national league, but the best team in baseball, uh, taking on that, that number four seeded Philadelphia Phillies, uh, interdivision, uh, matchup here. Um, so these teams faced off thirteen different times in the regular season. Uh, Braves taking the series eight to five in the, in those games. Um, again, game one going to get kicked off on on Saturday. Uh, Matt, any any thoughts on this on this series? What do, what do you like? What do you don't like?
0: Yeah, you, you know, I, I think for the Braves, it comes down to Ronald Acuna Jr. The, the guy has just been phenomenal all season long. Yeah, he's now the uh, the, the first guy in history to have what was it seventy steals right. and. Uh, so many home runs or, or something yeah. like that. I mean, the guy's just amazing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to me, he's, he's my pick for MVP this year, especially right. after the injury with Shohei Otane. Right. So, you know, I, I think this is, this is going to be the Ronald Acuna junior show. Yeah. Now, if the Phillies can find a way to, to slow him down, I, I, th- I think that gives them a little bit of a shot. I mean, they've got some, they've got some hitters. They can hit well, you know, Schwarber leading off and he's a, he can be a home run machine. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, they've, they've got some pop and, like I said, they, they did it a year ago, so they surprised a lot of people. They, they made a decent run a year ago, and I, I think it helps that you know they just got two games under their belt to to keep things moving because that's kind of what happened last year. They mm. they got hot, Yep. and and were, we're playing well, so getting that confidence in that opening series, winning two games to none, it, it didn't didn't hurt them playing playing Miami because Miami had the worst run differential of any of these teams in the playoffs. Right, it was like right. a negative sixty seven or something like <laughs> right, that. Right. So I mean. By looking at that, they should have a losing record anyway, right? Right. So, right. so you know, I, I think it helped to get those bats going a little bit and get get them ready. So, yeah, I
1: think it'll be an exciting series. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I just
0: think ultimately Atlanta's just got too much for them. Yeah,
1: yeah, I gotta gotta agree. I think uh, again, Philly's got to. <laughs> it's gonna be tough, but they're gonna have to match the Braves somewhat mm-hmm. bat for bat here yep. in this series to have a, have a real chance, uh, because the Braves, I mean, one through nine, they got guys that can hit it out of the park and, and, you know, again, one swing of the bat, you think you're up three, nothing. Well, one swing of the bat, you're down now. So it's, it's, you know, crazy how, how this Atlanta team is built, but they, you know, they can, they can get runs quick. They can get on you in a, in a hurry. But, you know, you look at the Phillies, uh, this is a team that coming into like the midway point, you know, kind of the, the, the trade deadline slash all-star break, they were ranking towards the bottom of the league as far as home runs go. But you look over these last two months, August and September, they actually tied the Braves for the most home runs over that two month span. So they're, they're getting hot at the right time. They're definitely, uh, you know, hitting, hitting the bat. And like I said, got to match this Braves team somewhat bat for bat. Um, and, and so far through the last two months, they've been able to, been able to do that, but uh, playoff times it's, you know, different, different ball game yeah. here. You know, it's, it's, you know, winner, winner kind of go home and, at this point, but uh you know, it's, it, this is going to be an exciting, exciting series. Uh, you know, obviously the Braves has been my kind of national league team to, you know, represent here yep, in, right. in in the national league. So i you know, hoping, hoping that, you know, stays the case, obviously a Braves team. It's a household name in this playoffs have been, been right there, you know, one a you know, won a world series, not too many, you know, seasons ago. So we shall see this team's built, you know, built for October—that's for sure. Uh, but we'll see what the what the Phillies can do. Never can count them out. I think every time that you do, that's when they they make fools out of everybody. Right. So I, I will say on both
0: sides of this thing, the, the one seed's kind of got the short end of the stick because they both got the tougher matchup here in that and their first playoff round. Mm-hmm. With, you know, Houston getting getting Minnesota that right. seems pretty easy for them, and then we'll talk about LA and Arizona. But I, right. I, I think looking at that. LA should run away with that thing. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'll, I'll even kick it off just talking about those two in the regular season. You had the Dodgers; they took the regular season series six games to one, mm-hmm. and that was a, a Dodger or yeah, a Dodgers team that didn't before the trade deadline even mm-hmm. won a lot of those games. Right, so right. they they went out and got better at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. I just I don't see Arizona have much of a chance if this thing's not a sweep. It, it'll be close. I, I think the Dodgers maybe give up one game.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and again, another. Interdivision division matchup, uh, you know, the Diamondbacks and Dodgers both in the same, same division, the NL West out there, uh, but, you know, again, a game getting kicked off, you know, game one, all, all you know, division playoff series going to get kicked off on Saturday, so lots of Lots of day for for sports in general between college football and, and baseball going on. It's uh you know a clash of multiple sports, but so you'll you'll not be lacking in the in the sports category that's for sure over the weekend. But yeah, this is a Dodgers team that again won a hundred games, a household name in these playoffs, a household name in the National League, going up against a Diamondbacks team that much like the Orioles are not used to being here. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 in my opinion, they're going up against a you know a monster of a team in the Dodgers. I think they get a little bit harder matchup than, than the Orioles, you know, going on, you know, taking on the Texas Rangers. The linebacks are definitely going to have their, have their hands full. Uh, but, you know, for, for the Dodgers, you know, I think for them to to win this series, they they got to continue to ride the backs of Mookie Betts and, uh, you know, Freddie Freeman. Those have been the two guys that have kind of carried them the last, you know, couple of months here down the, down the stretch. They got to continue to rely on those, on those guys as, you know, we're used to seeing maybe the Dodgers starting pitching a little bit better than you know what it what it has been this year. Um, so you know, I don't think that they're they're not quite rolling out those aces like we're used to. Seeing. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. they still got Clayton Kershaw, a guy that you know still can can wing it, can still go out there and, and pitch well. But uh, you know, still the starting rotation not quite as deep or quite as as great as we're used to seeing from a Dodgers team. So I think they'll they'll rely more on you know their offense and and Mookie Betts and and Freddie Freeman, um, you know, I I don't, yeah, don't give the Diamondbacks much chance in this, in this series, you know, it will be interesting, obviously division opponents, they get to see each other quite a bit through the season. So we'll see what, what the playoffs bring, but uh, yeah, going to be going to be interesting. And then, you know, ultimately the matchup then between the Braves and the Dodgers, if both of them, you know, advance in, you know, will play for the NLCS, that one's gonna be uh, get your popcorn ready for All that right. one because you know two two teams that have won hundred games, two teams that yeah probably are gonna win. You know, whoever wins that probably gonna win the World Series. Uh, it, it' a lot on the line in and this neither one. Of are
0: pitch, like these are just offensive juggernauts, right, right. so there's gonna be a lot of runs right. scored. Yeah,
1: gonna dude. be a lot of firepower, a lot of excitement in that one. Uh, so it, it, it'll be be a fun series. Uh, you know, if if that's how how it plays out, but uh, we we shall see. Like I said. Best of five in these, in these ALDS and NLDS, you know, series. So a little bit more baseball, but, uh, at least I hope we get to see a little bit more baseball than what we saw in the wild card. Right. You know, get to see a, a couple of close series, not, you know, clean sweeps across the board. But That, that uh,
0: was a change of the wild card this year. Well, I, well, Didn't it used to be just one
1: game? Yeah, it's been uh, – The last couple of years. Yeah, I think, it, I think they made yeah. the change. It, it's been recent, yeah. maybe within the last, like, two or three years. Might have been the COVID year, maybe, when they changed the best of three. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. It did used to be just – yeah. One and done type thing. Yeah, and, I, I do
0: like that better. Right. I think this was a, an odd outlier. Oh yeah, of year. yeah. You're not always going to see sweeps. Oh, in yeah. this series. Yeah,
1: this. yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, we'll see what we get in the in the division series here. Like I said, a little bit more baseball hopefully uh, before we advance on into the the championship series and then the World Series. So we'll uh, we'll be with you. We'll be riding riding the high and be uh, giving you all the action here for for the MLB playoffs over the next couple of weeks. So. Stick stick around with us if you like baseball. We'll be talking lots of it over the next coming weeks. So, yes, all right. Well, to a different round ball from baseball to basketball. Uh, season's just right around the corner, but man, that ain't stopping some teams from making some big splashes right before the season Absolutely. gets kicked off. Here, uh, big big one first one on the on the slate. Damian Lillard no longer a Portland Trailblazer, headed to. What you thought would have been the Miami Heat? Nope, sorry folks, going to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, you know, actually a three-team trade that saw the Milwaukee Bucks get Damian Lillard, only guy. Um, the Portland Trail Blazers get Drew Holiday, and we'll talk about him in a minute. Yeah. Uh, Center DeAndre Ayton from the Phoenix Suns, uh, forward Tumani Kamara, a 2028 uh, swap pick, 2029 first-round pick a twenty thirty swap pick.
0: Um, and all those were from Milwaukee. And
1: all those were from Milwaukee. And then on the flip side, like I said, three-team trade, Phoenix sees them get uh, center Yusuf Nurkic, shooting guard Grayson Allen, small forward Nasir Little, and shooting guard Keon Johnson. So, uh, Matt, what's your thoughts on this big blockbuster right before the, the season gets kicked off?
0: Well, you know, it makes a lot of sense for Milwaukee. made made sense for Portland not really sure what phoenix was doing here mm-hmm. i mean i i guess it's kind of addition by subtraction because deandre ayton's been been talked about as ha- having some problems with coaches mm-hmm. and, and things like that so may- maybe that's where they're looking to get rid of that contract mm-hmm. and move him along because they right. really didn't get much back they got mm-hmm. some role players right. who, but i think can help and right. but i mean I, phoenix is getting getting small up front, <laughs> right. you oh, know because yeah. they, they in the off season they brought in um Bradley, Bradley Beal, Bradley Beal's yeah. another guard to to go with the go with Durant. the heavy guards they've already yep. got, and then right. Durant. Right. So you know, I, I guess Phoenix is gonna play some small ball, mm-hmm. it's getting rid of DeAndre, Ayton. so a little little confusing on that side. But I, I think Portland did well with what they got out of out of Lillard. You right. getting Drew Holiday who. <laughs> it didn't didn't stay long, right, but right. you know that they turned that they, around, they turned that around and, yeah. and did well with that deal as well. Right, You're getting DeAndre Ayton's, uh, I think they could, they could use a little more size there in Portland. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that helps them with the young core of right. guards they they drafted right. in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. uh, and then then future draft capital, you know swap rights in 2028 i'm not sure that does anything for mm. them really right. I, I think milwaukee will be the better team oh yeah so, yeah you know I, I doubt they'll be swapping there they right. get that 2029 first round pick which mm. i mean milwaukee's gonna be good for a while right. so it, it's probably gonna be a late first round mm-hmm. pick but it's still an extra pick in the first round right i mean maybe by 2030 maybe that swaps worth something right. at that right. point yeah. for them if, if they've done done well mm-hmm. so you know i i think they they did as well as they could and right. you know Kudos to Portland for holding out for what they thought was their best deal because uh-huh. Lillard in, in his camp kind of said Miami, Miami or bust. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, so, yeah. So, you know, I I, I give Portland credit for do, doing good by Lillard. I mm-hmm. mean, they, it's not like they sent him to some team that can't <laughs> right, win. Right. right, didn't send him, to but Detroit. But they they also made sure they did well
1: by themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, this was, this was something – you know, somewhat of a long time coming here over the last couple of months after Lillard, you know, basically demanded to be traded or you know requested a, you know a trade from the Portland Trailblazers. You know, a guy that that stuck around with Portland for for eleven seasons and and you know Portland never, you know, as as much as they probably should have, they never fully committed to trying to get Lillard the help that mm-hmm. he needed to to continue to advance in a in a Western Conference that's been uber competitive. Uh, it was you know get some free agents in there, get some star players, um, or, or, you know, you might be just happy with making the playoffs and that's kind of what Portland has done the last, you know, decade or so with Lillard on the team is they've just been content with kind of just making the playoffs, maybe win a series or two. And, and that's, that's about it. They, you know, never really have tried to somewhat go all in and, and, and really get, get the all-stars out there and see if they can really make a push to, to win a, win an NBA championship. So, you know, I think Lillard gave them, you know, some good seasons. Obviously, played, you know, great basketball in in Portland, but yeah, this was just something that was coming at at some point. Um, and and you know, just so happened that the Bucks the Bucks called. They had what the Portland trailblazers wanted, and you know, they made made the deal happen. Uh, while you know, the Phoenix Suns threw their through their hat in the you know in the ringer there. Um, but it, it it's very interesting for this Phoenix Suns team because you look at it i mean this is, this is a team that just two or three seasons ago was com- you know was in the nba finals right. um competing against this Milwaukee Bucks mm-hmm. team in that in that nba finals uh but with with Deandre Ayton on the way out the only guy left from that nba finals team including the coach Devin is Booker. is Devin Booker uh so it's it's crazy in just a few short seasons how things can change in the nba um you know and, and obviously phoenix is I wouldn't say they're rebuilding because they've rebuilt with all stars. They're, they're, they're definitely not short of talent. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a, a major rebuild for them and have and brought in a lot of new pieces. So we'll, we'll see what, uh, what this Phoenix Suns team can do, you know, based on that. But obviously the winner in this one is, is Milwaukee, you know, instantly puts them, you know, as one of the favorites to win yeah. the NBA championship next year, you pair Damian Lillard next to, you know, the Greek freak, uh, you know, that's hats off to Milwaukee. Uh, they, they definitely have, you know, put themselves atop the Eastern conference, you know, but, you know, between them and Boston, it's going to be interesting, but, mm-hmm. you know, definitely even shot themselves up there, you know, amongst all the other NBA teams as well. So we'll see how it plays out. Obviously, like you said, you know, only a couple of weeks before the season gets kicked off. Uh, you know, big big trade. So you know, Damian Lillard's got got some work on his hands to get acclimated with his new teammates and get you know fit into the system and figure out how that's going to work. Um, you know, we've we've seen this thing, you know, these kind of moves in the in the past get off to kind of some rocky starts. Right. So we'll we'll definitely see uh, if there's any rust or any kind of you know growing pains in the beginning, or you know, maybe they just hit the ground running from the very beginning and this Milwaukee Bucks team you know dominates from the beginning. But we shall see um but then talking more nba news more nba trades um like we mentioned drew holiday was not in portland for very long or even if he was in portland at all he got shipped out shipped back to the east coast headed headed to the boston celtics uh so the boston celtics they got point point guard drew holiday while the trailblazers continued to rack up draft capital and you know other pieces to add to their team they got in return malcolm brogdon And uh, center Robert Williams from from Boston, as well as a 2024 first round pick and a 2029 first round pick. Um, You know, and and the Blazers, to my knowledge, they're not done. They may even take Malcolm Brogdon and try to shop him, him, shop him around. So this is this is a team that definitely is committing to getting some picks, getting more picks, going into somewhat of a full rebuild mode, while adding you know some veteran players here and there to. Maybe somewhat be competitive, but definitely you know taking a taking a turn to uh you know definitely uh, be be somewhat of a rebuild here. Uh, but you know honestly, looking at this trade, I think the Trailblazers got more from this trade than they necessarily did from Damian Lillard, which right. is you know shocking to me. I mean, don't get me wrong, Drew Holiday's a great guy, but a Super great player, but not nowhere near on the yeah. level of what Damian Lillard is, or right. you know the the you know number of All Star selections and you know points per game and stats and all that stuff so yeah to me i feel like portland did better on this trade than they did you know with with damian lillard but you know hey whatever works i guess that at the end of the day they got all the picks so matt what's your thoughts on this on this trade here
0: you know i uh, part of me likes it for boston and part of me doesn't because they got rid of robert williams who was a nice player for them in Mm -hmm. in the front court and and that they're kind of lacking some size i mean i i know they they brought in uh Christoph. Kristaps Porzingis there, but uh, you know he's not really known for being a banger or right, a defensive yeah, guy. Yeah. He's a scorer, right, so right.
1: I, I, I think. So now you're Luke, relying on an old age yeah. Al Horford to be your right. you know
0: big guy. So I, I do think that that hurts a little bit, but I, I also think they had to make the move to bring in a guy like Drew Holiday because he's one of the best two way players in the league. He's going to replace Marcus Smart, the ex defensive player of the year for the Celtics. Yeah. Uh, lo- losing that, I think, was a big void for Boston, n- not having that shutdown guard. Mm-hmm. So I-, I think they get that with Drew Holiday, but I also think they get a little better scoring out of mm-hmm. Holiday yeah. than they had with Smart. Right. So I, I think that does improve them mm-hmm. in that aspect. So yeah, yeah I-, I think I think they're still a move away, though. I, I think they need a-, a big that can bang around because yeah. you start work. playing a team like Denver. W- yeah. What are you going to do? How against- you match up yeah. against
1: the Joker? You right, know? right? Absolutely. Yeah, I think you're I think you're right in that. Uh, you know. Like I mentioned with the with the Bucks trade previously, I think in the Eastern Conference you got one A, one B between the Celtics and 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 the Bucks, and you know a, a team that you know is not mentioned or is not involved in any of these trades. That you know probably on the outside looking in, and that's the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. Mm-hmm. They're they're at home thinking, man, all these these two teams that you know we we you know made it to the Eastern Conference. You know last year, Eastern almost made it to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. But, you know, the two teams that, you know, we competed against or, you know, had the the chance to compete against in the Eastern Conference, they just got better. Right. A- and the Philadelphia still doesn't even know what's going on with the whole James Harden situation. Right. He's there, not happy. The, the, like, the, the, the championship window is closing fast for yeah. this Philadelphia team because, the you know, yeah, the teams that they're competing with between Boston and Milwaukee just got better, made some big splashes here while Philly's just kind of standing pat and, you right. know, hoping that they can they can make a run but yeah if there's a loser out of this it, it might be Philadelphia who wasn't even involved in any of this stuff because they just you know have sat around and you know still don't know what their team's even going to look like
0: or you say the other big losers the Miami Heat oh who, yeah who, who kind of waited around all right. offseason thinking right. they were going to make this happen right, they didn't right. make any other moves right and, you know they didn't get any better right. they, and they let some guys walk oh yeah thinking to clear up some space mm-hmm. so yeah you know th- they don't have a chance to get that talent (laughs) back either so you know another big loss loser there is in miami yeah
1: absolutely all right well like we mentioned you know nba is gonna gonna be getting started here shortly so we'll definitely you know kick it off with with the nba in a couple of weeks but uh yeah some big splashes right before the season gets started but uh we'll we'll see how it plays out for for this celtics team for this bucks team so all right we're gonna take a uh, real quick commercial break stick with us we'll be right back this podcast is sponsored by podbean podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast we use podbean to host fired up download the free podbean podcast app to start record and publish your very own podcast in minutes podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone download the free podbean app today that's p-o-d-b-e-a-n Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. All right, we're back. Well, we're going to be talking college football the rest of the night here. Uh, Going to start with the recap of of our five games from last week and then Another bad week for the three of us. Yeah, all three of us took it on the chin last yeah. week, uh, so we're definitely gonna gonna try to get the get the ship righted. Hopefully this this week, but uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of you know somewhat competitive close games last week. Uh, you know, some of them went our way, and most of them didn't. So we will uh, get things kicked off with the with the Friday night game that that happened last week between uh, at the time number ten Utah and, and number nineteen Oregon State. Final score, Oregon State 21, Utah seven. Um, uh, Matt, what's your what's your thoughts on this game?
0: Yeah, you know, this this comes down to this Utah team without Cam rising just they, they not having yeah. any offense. They're just, yeah, they're they're lost out there. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I gotta give credit to Oregon State's offense as well, though, because they 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 put up three hundred and fifty-eight yards, mm-hmm. two twenty seven through the air, one thirty-one on the ground against what have been proven to be a stout Utah mm-hmm. defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were shutting people down, yeah. so Oregon State figured something out to, yeah. to go against that defense because I think coming in we thought eh, even with Utah not being able to move the ball mm-hmm. and, and put up a ton of points, they still we beat. thought that defense yeah. was the real deal. Right, right. And, and Oregon State got it figured out.
1: Right, yeah, they they found a way to get it done. I, I won't say that their offense was was stellar, but it did enough obviously right. in this one to win the game. Um, you know, I, I think for me, it was only a matter of time. I talked about it on the show last week. Without Cam Rising in there it was only a matter of time for this Utah team ran into somebody that would figure out their defense and, and be able to score enough. just enough points yeah. to win the game. And it just so happened to be this week. Obviously I missed the game, you know, picked it, picked it wrong, but uh, yeah, definitely if this Utah team wants to stay competitive in the pack 12 or give themselves somewhat of an outside chance to possibly make the playoff, mm-hmm. They have got to get Cam Rising back in the game. They yeah. it, he's got to find a way to get healthy. I don't know what it is. You know, it the last several games he keeps he warms up with the team, taking Correct. reps in practice, you know, all that stuff, and then right before kickoff, he's back in street clothes. Yeah. So I I don't know what's going on, but for them to stay competitive, they got to figure out a way to get him back on the field because this offense is just inept without him in well, there. And game. with the, with the
0: way that conference is looking, does he even come back at this point? Yeah. Knowing that there probably isn't much chance for right, them to, right. to make a run at this thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It'll be interesting to see how it goes, you know, going forward. Definitely, you know, some more tough games for Utah on their on their schedule. So, but uh, hats off to Oregon State, you know, rebounding from a tough loss, you know, last week to get get a big win this this week. So, all right, well, a game that wasn't that competitive, uh, a game that we didn't get right, uh, Texas Longhorns taking on the Kansas Jayhawks, won by a score of 40 to 14, a game that was – Somewhat close in the beginning, and then Texas took the training wheels off, and you know they they never looked back. Uh You know, unfortunately for Kansas, their starting quarterback they lost in pregame warmups uh, was was practicing on the field, and his back stiffened up and couldn't go. So they had to throw throw their backup out there literally, you know, right before the game right. started. So you know, definitely not Can't the ideal
0: for any situation, right? Definitely
1: not an ideal you know game plan for them. You know, thank goodness, or you know, somewhat. To Kansas's defense, that, that you know their backup is a guy that got quite a few snaps last year too mm-hmm. for him. So not a guy that they just threw out to the wolves, or you know a guy that has no starts or no experience whatsoever. But it, it, it's pretty tough when you have your whole game plan right before kickoff, right. and then all of a sudden you lose your you know your starting quarterback. So it was yeah not ideal for Kansas, but both sides of the ball, Texas just just dominated. The offense was there, a balanced attack. The defense came in shut down kansas's offense you know this was a kansas team that came into the nation leading on third down conversions on offense not only did they do it on third down they did it on fourth down as well texas made kansas zero for eight on third down and over two on fourth down so you know definitely you know not not the kind of game plan or not the you know uh way that kansas wanted to try to win this game uh, matt what's your what's your thoughts
0: well, i mean you talked a lot about texas defense but man it's equally impressive was their offense mm-hmm. this game they mm-hmm. went for 661 total yards 325 through the air and 336 on the ground yeah i mean when you're when you're playing that complimentary football oh, yeah you're what do you are tough to like, beat yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they can't stop you either way right you know hats off to texas for figuring this offense right. out and yeah if
1: their their offense and defense are both humming like this they're gonna be tough for anybody to beat right yeah you know coming into this game you know obviously have a another big game on the slate that we'll talk yeah. about you know you, you thought maybe there could be a letdown there or, you yeah. know kind of a look ahead but man they they definitely didn't so well speaking of offense if you like offense this next game number 13 LSU and number 20 old miss what a contest what an up and down game this was old miss takes it by a score of 55 to 49 a, you know in a game that saw both teams combined for almost 1400 yards 14 touchdowns. <laughs> and strong performances from both of their starting QBs. Uh, you know, both of them almost threw for 400 yards. Each one had four passing touchdowns. Each of them had one rushing touchdown. So, Matt, what's your thoughts on this track meet of a game?
0: Well, yeah, that's exactly what this was. It was a game of runs. I mean, LSU stormed out early, mm-hmm. right. got up, I believe it was 21-7 to 7 mm-hmm. at, at, after two quarters. Yeah. But then second and third quarter, it was all Old Miss. Yeah. And they, yeah. they came back and took a big lead and then mm-hmm. – here in the fourth quarter, then LSU comes storming, comes storming back right. to, to have a chance to win. Like neither team wanted to win this right. thing, as right. far as the defense went. Yeah, but you know, I guess credit oldness's defense for doing just enough. They got, got away. three three sacks and forced a turnover, right? right. And then that was just enough to right. Right. give it give it to them in their favor.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, you you got to say the Rebels have to be thanking their stars that they you know won this game. Obviously, took one on the chin the week before yeah. in a game that they probably should have won against a you know an Alabama team, but. You know, just looked offense looked bad in that one, but they found it in this game, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, the Rebels again have to somewhat be thanking their lucky stars because it's a team that committed 11 penalties for 121 yards. Right. So they, uh, you know, came out of this one, you know, having a lot of mistakes, you know, a lot of things that they shot themselves in the foot, but we're still able to put 55 right. points up on the board.
0: Well, man, a, a, an LSU team that's usually pretty stout on the defensive <laughs> side of the yeah. ball. Looking awful on that side of the yeah, ball this yeah.
1: year. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I've basically seen their playoff hopes dashed already oh. in October. I mean, we're already into October and they're already, you know, out of the playoffs. It in. So it definitely not the start to Brian Kelly's, you know, second year there in LSU that he was that he was hoping for. So all right. Well, the the luck of the Irish wasn't with them last week, but man, they found a way to get it done this week. Uh, you know, another ranked opponent. On the, on the slate this week, Notre Dame takes a, you know, a close one between, you know, number 17 Duke by a score of 21 to 14. Uh, You know, they got beat on their final drive last week when Notre Dame had a, you know, final drive of their own where they went 95 yards and scored the, you know, the game winning touchdown for, for Notre Dame in this one. Uh, You know, I I think, uh, yeah, Duke, you got to give your hats off to do. They competed in this one. You know, the atmosphere was crazy. First time, you know, ever college game day for a football game was at Duke. Not for men's basketball. They, you know, the crowd showed up. They had, you know, that place rocking, but just, you know, came up just short on this right. one against against Notre Dame.
0: Yeah, this was a game that felt kind of odd, though, because it, yeah. it felt like Notre Dame was in control mm-hmm. most of the game. Yeah. And the next thing you look up at the scoreboard, they're Notre- down 14-13 right. late in the fourth quarter. Right. Thinking, oh shoot, here we go again. Right. And, yeah. You know, but you know, credit to Notre Dame for not letting you know the the week before get
1: creep into their heads yeah. and,
0: and get to them they yeah. they put together a, a long drive there in the fourth quarter to go down and and seal the deal yeah. so you know congrats to Notre Dame on getting that done but i'm not sure what's going on with the this Notre Dame offense right all it all of sudden, up the first yeah. few weeks and and now they're they're struggling to mm-hmm. score i mean mm-hmm. i know they're playing a little bit better opponents right, but right. I, I, I don't know. Something seems off there, in Notre Dame. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, you know, I guess if you had to look at you know some things for Duke, you know, just a couple of missed opportunities. I think for for this Duke team, you know, in the first half they missed two very very short makeable field goals. Again, they lose by you know seven points. So those you know two field goals maybe don't matter as much. But again, you Put never want on yeah you never want to leave points off the board. And uh, then you know later in the game they gave up a thirty four yard uh on a fake punt so you know definitely you know just a couple of you know mental errors mental mistake for a Duke team that was was in this game had a chance to to win it you know a big win for them but you know just came up oh so oh so short in this one um and then last game from last week uh, another tight one but uh all of us came out on the losing end again to this one west virginia found a way to get it done against tcu who continues to underperform this season by a score of 24 to 21 um matt any any thoughts on on this game uh you know again west virginia I, I don't know that west virginia really did anything spectacular i feel like tcu lost this game more than than west virginia really wanted in well my opinion. I, I guess to me the, the biggest thing west virginia
0: did was they blanked tcu in the second half there you, you know go. Yeah. i mean that defense showed up to play and short man too right, you know right. they've had all kinds of injuries mm-hmm. even lost one of their better defensive players in that game to yeah. an injury yeah and they just kept flying around they had five sacks and right. they, they held TCU to six of 16 on third down conversions right. and the, the, the defense came to play oh, yeah I mean probably not good enough to, to win against some
1: Big-time opponents,
0: right, but, right. but good enough to get it done and on the primetime stage against TCU.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is now a Mountaineers team that's 2-0 and in the Big 12 for the first time since 2018. So, you know, good for them. Obviously, their first couple of Big 12 opponents have not been, you know, the top-tier opponents. Right. You know, they'll definitely have some, some better competition coming their way. But, you know, you talk about that defense, you know, not only limiting TCU to zero points – they blocked two field goals in the final five minutes of the game. So, you know, that, that was the difference. That's all it was, you know, two field goals and TCU wins this game, but they blocked, you know, both attempts in the final five minutes and, and found a way to get it done even with a team that's banged up right now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I think if you're TCU, this is definitely not how you saw your season going after, you know, uh, national championship, you know, know, being runner ups, you know, last year, uh, it's definitely not the, not the start to their season that they, that they wanted. So we'll, see if TCU, you know, throws in the towel or if they're able to, to write the ship and still, you know, keep it, keep it going. Um, you know, still, still have in a lot of, you know, a lot of games left, still a lot to play for, but, uh, yeah, definitely, you know, not, not the start that they, they wanted to this season. So, all right, well, moving over then to our next, uh, five, you know, five games. We'll try to Try to get it right on this one uh, but we we shall see so it didn't get easier it week, definitely has not we, we got some tough games on the slate uh we'll we'll get it kicked off with the old Red River rivalry uh try to say that three times fast but uh number 12 Oklahoma coming in undefeated at 5 and0 going against number three Texas who also is 5 and0 noon game over on ABC I can't believe Vegas it's a nooner yeah Vegas gives this uh Texas team 6 points. Um so they like Texas in this matchup. Matt, what's your what's your thoughts on this?
0: Well, you know Oklahoma comes into this game scoring 47.4 points per game. Texas only putting up 36. Oklahoma's given up 10.8 points per game. Texas giving up 12.8. I, I mean, to date both of these teams have played similar schedules. Uh, Texas a little bit tougher with the Alabama matchup, but they've also proven Alabama's not a juggernaut this mm-hmm, year. Mhm. And, you know, there's going to be a, a split crowd, neutral site location yeah, there yeah. in the uh, Cotton Bowl. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think this game's going to be a, a bit of an offensive shootout. I, yeah. I think both these teams are going to put up some points. Mm. I think it's going to come down to who makes the most plays on third down. Mm-hmm. And for the season, Oklahoma is at 54.4% on third down, yeah. while Texas is only... 42% that, that could be kind of a right. little bit of their Achilles heel this year. No. So I, I think I'm, I'm giving Oklahoma the slight edge here okay. due to those third down conversions.
1: All right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, uh, definitely uh, will be, will be interesting. Yeah. I think points are going to be, uh, yeah, it's going to be a back and forth match between these two teams. Cause they can definitely light up the scoreboard. They got two great, you know, great quarterbacks, you know, leading their teams on offense. Uh, but you know, coming into this one for me, the, the blemish on, on Texas's you know, kind of, uh, perfect season right now. They're only scoring on about they're only scoring touchdowns only on about 50% of the red zone opportunities. Mm-hmm. So inside the right. 20, they're only scoring about 52, you know, touchdowns on 52% of those opportunities, which is towards the bottom ranked amongst, you know, all college football teams. But the the you know, the kind of odd thing of that is that their defense actually ranks number one in red zone defense. Mm-hmm. So their their red you know their defense is locking it down against the other teams to you know limit points, but they're not scoring many points. So it's going to be a back and forth contest for me in this one. But I like the Sooners in this one yeah. as well. Uh, I, I think Texas as well. Their their special teams, their kicker, a little shaky. You know the last couple of weeks. I think in a game that yeah it could be back and forth, that could be decided by a field goal. Mm-hmm. I think maybe Oklahoma has slight better edge in that in that department i like the longhorns to get it or i like the sooners to get it done against the longhorns um so the chief obviously not in the studio but did give me his picks okay. and his thoughts on the yeah. on the game so um he's picking the Longhorn. so he's gonna be the lone ranger on right. on this one but uh he thinks that the texas defense gonna shut down the uh pass heavy offense for for oklahoma get it done and cover that six point spread so mm-hmm. he likes the longhorns he'll be the lone guy on that one we'll see uh yeah see if he's able to make up some ground here you know on the based on that on that pick so all right then moving over to number 23 lsu versus number 21 missouri lsu obviously three and two missouri still undefeated the battle of the tigers here um matt what's your what's your thoughts on the game who do, who do you like well, you know
0: lsu comes in this thing favored by four and a half mm-hmm. Not really sure why, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, LSU's offense, yeah, they're they're scoring a lot of points uh, right. 44 points per game for that matter and putting up 551 yards per game. But their defense is giving <laughs> up 31 points per game, mm-hmm. and that defense has been porous and letting teams stay in this thing. I, I, I think uh, that's going to be their downfall, mm-hmm. too. Missouri can, can, can score here yeah. and I, at home, having that home field advantage. I'd like Missouri to, to mm-hmm. pull the upset
1: in this one, all right. All right, well, um dad, you know, the chief, the chief likes the Tigers, not the Missouri Tigers. <laughs> he likes the LSU, the LSU Tigers in this one, uh, to, you know, cover, obviously cover the spread four and a half. And he likes, you know, to take the over, which is currently at 64 and a half. So he thinks there's going to be, again, a lot of points scored in this one, but he likes the LSU Tigers to, to right the ship, get a big win against, you know, an undefeated team in Missouri. And I think I got to, got to agree with him. I, I just, as bad as this LSU defense has played, I just think the offense, you know, again, another high-scoring affair, mm-hmm. Missouri just, it, it's going to be tough to match this LSU offense point for point, but I think it's going to be a close a close game, yeah. uh, but I think LSU is going to find some way, somehow, to come up with one stop somewhere, right. one stop somewhere, and I think that's all it's going to take in this game, uh, you know, Missouri has been playing great, but they have not scored over 38 points at all this season and this is an LSU team that can put up probably 38 in one half so i just think LSU's got the better offense they'll find a way to get it done one time on defense that'll be the difference in this one i like LSU to get it to get it done all right then moving over to the uh, big 10 you know two unranked opponents but uh Rutgers coming in at 4 and 1 taking on Wisconsin at 3 and 1 uh wisconsin currently favored by 13 so almost a two touchdown favorite um the chief likes the upset in this one if you can call it an upset he likes the rutgers to take uh you know take down wisconsin mm. so if he, he says the key to this one if you throw out the michigan game for rutgers their defense is only giving up about eight points a game so you know we'll see what what they can do against a wisconsin badgers team but the, the chief likes like Rutgers to, to get it done here on the road.
0: Well to me the problem with that logic is he he threw out the Michigan game. <laughs> yeah. That that's that's the one defense they've played this year. Mm-hmm. And Wisconsin's another one of those schools that are that are known for their defense. Yeah. Both these teams are averaging about thirty points per game, mm-hmm. so they're they're both scoring about the same. Yeah. And Rutgers defense for the year has, has looked slightly better. They've given up seven less points per game than Wisconsin, but you know, I, I think the it's the offense. Rutgers' offense won't move the ball mm, as well mm. against a good defense in Wisconsin. Yeah. I, I think Wisconsin's offense will move the ball better against mm. a good defense in Rutgers. Yeah, I think the home home field advantage, the jump around, all yeah. that. Yeah, I, I think it's enough. I think Wisconsin gets it done. May not cover the
1: spread though. Yeah, yeah, no, I gotta gotta agree with you. I like the Badgers in this one. I think Rutgers can muddle this thing up, keep it close. I, I don't like Wisconsin to win by you know almost two touchdowns. I don't think Wisconsin is going to be able to just assert their dominance on the offensive line or, you know, in the trenches like they may have in the past. I think this still was a a defensive front from Rutgers that can keep them in games, can keep them competitive. Yeah. I, I, I think that they're going to, they're going to test this Wisconsin passing game a little bit, but I ultimately think Wisconsin is going to do enough to move the ball, put up some points. I just don't trust this Rutgers, you know, offense quite yet to say that they're going to overcome those inefficiencies. I like Wisconsin to win this one, but definitely I don't don't think they'll cover the spread. I think this will be a a closer game than than what Vegas thinks. Absolutely. All right, Uh, moving over then to an SEC battle between uh, number twenty Kentucky coming in at five and zero against number one Georgia at five and zero. Seven o'clock over on ESPN. Vegas giving Georgia fourteen and a half in this one. Uh, You know Georgia's had a couple of close contests so Mm -hmm. far through the season. Definitely has not been the. you know dominant performance that we've seen the past two seasons for the back-to-back uh, you know national champion champion winners uh, Matt what do you what do you think you think Kentucky can pull off the upset here I'll tell you what Georgia comes into this thing favored by 14 and a half but
0: looking at both these games statistically or both these teams statistically they're pretty darn close in almost every category mm-hmm. uh, though this is another one of those games. I've got to give the slight edge to the team. Who's who's better on third down close game. The, the, those extra snaps, those extra drives mean everything. Mm. And uh, Georgia is converting an astonishing 54% this year on third down. Yeah. Kentucky only 41%. Mm. I, that, that's, that's a lot of extra plays right. for an already really good team in mm. Georgia. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's just enough to get it done. I, I think it's
1: probably seven to 14 point
0: yeah. games.
1: So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the chief agrees. He likes Georgia in this one. Uh just thinks too many playmakers on that offensive side of the ball for Kentucky to keep up with. I got to make it a 3 for 3. I like Georgia to get it done. I don't think that they quite cover the 14 and a half. This has been a competitive series over the last uh, you know, uh, four seasons. Uh, if you look at it, the last, you know, three matchups, Kentucky's held this Georgia team to 21 points or less, but have come up short in all of those right. as well. So, even with, you know, even with not allowing Georgia to score points. Kentucky hasn't been able to put up points themselves. This is a Kentucky team that relies heavily on the ground game. I just think going up against a Georgia team where you're only one dimensional is not a blueprint to right. beat this Georgia team. I think Georgia's defense, even though they gave up a lot of rushing yards last week against Auburn, I think that they will still do enough to, to, to win this game. Will be competitive, but Georgia will get it done. Keep keep things rolling in the SEC and keep their title hopes, their title their back to back to back title hopes alive. So Though I will
0: say this season, any I, no team has really established themselves as a front runner to mm-hmm. this point. Mm-hmm. I, I think this season's anybody's game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, then our last game on the slate, another ranked versus ranked matchup. Uh, Notre Dame going through the ringer here of their right. season. Uh, get another ranked opponent. They're coming in at number 10, uh, obviously have that one loss to Ohio State. They're 5-1, and one. going up against another undefeated team in number 25, Louisville at 5-0, 7-30 over on AS, ABC. Notre Dame favored by 6.5 in this one. Matt, what's your thoughts on the game? You know,
0: I, I think uh, 6.5 is probably about right here. Uh, N- Notre Dame's got to get something figured out on their offense, though, against these better teams. Yeah. But, you know, the, the schedule they've played compared to what Louisville's played, yeah, yeah Louisville's ranked 25. And they're undefeated at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. But they haven't really played any any prime time opponents. Right, right. This is going to be their biggest test. Notre Dame's defense is is too good. They're going to slow that Louisville team down. Notre Dame gets it done.
1: Yep. Uh, the, the chief chief agrees in that one. Uh, you know, obviously their third ranked opponent in three weeks, and lo and behold, Notre Dame gets another ranked opponent next week. Jeez. Uh So and we'll we'll be talking about them again. Right. So we you'd think we're Notre Dame lovers on this on this show but uh well, they, yeah
0: they're, they can get themselves right back into the thick of the playoff oh, yeah. discussion uh, with abs- all these ranked
1: wins right so dad dad the chief likes you know the fact that Notre Dame's been battle tested up until this point uh Louisville's defense gives up too many yards um you know against a, a Notre Dame offense a, a quarterback that's a 6 year veteran hasn't thrown a pick up into this season veteran leadership Notre he likes Notre Dame to get it to get it done i'm going to make it 3 for 3 as well um, you know, this is a Louisville team, you know, their quarterback, Jack Plummer guy that's, you know, leading, I don't know, probably pretty close to leading the country, um, in, you know, passing yards per attempt. So he's, uh, averaging over a first down every time he completes a pass. This is a guy that likes the home run ball because it definitely shows up in his completion percentage. He's only a 65% completion oh. percentage. Um, you know, has 11 passing touchdowns on the year, but also has six picks to go along with mm-hmm. that. Uh, This is a Notre Dame defense only allowing opposing quarterbacks to complete 47% of their passes. Mm. This is not a matchup that favors well for this Louisville team. I think Jack Plummer will hit a couple of deep balls here Mm. and there, but I think he's also turnover prone. I think Notre Dame will get get some turnovers, swing the momentum, get some easy points, short fields. I like Notre Dame in in a veteran quarterback in Sam Hartman to uh, To get it done, continue their their gauntlet of a of a season right here. Get another uh, you know ranked opponent, take down another ranked opponent on the road, nonetheless. So I think the luck of the Irish continues continues yeah. for this Notre Dame team. So, all right, well that's our uh, that's our show for for this week. Thanks for listening to Fired Up with your host, Colton Cow, Matt Cordis. We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And if you want to hear uh, other topics for future episodes, or you know you just got a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about on the show. Feel free to reach out to us on our different social medias. We do have an Instagram if you look for at fired up underscore podcast, or you can find us over on Facebook if you look for fired up comma sports podcast. And as always, you can head over to our website at www.firedupone.podbean.com, onepodbeancom where you can find all of our past episodes and, you know, some little bit of information about the show and as always you can find this this episode and all of our past episodes on any podcast platform you can think of apple google spotify pandora so all the big players you can you can find our show so appreciate y'all listening and as always stay, stay fired, fired up, up.